listening to a My Safe LA Fire and Life Safety Podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is David Barrett. I'm with My Safe LA, and this is another My Safe LA Fire and Life Safety Education Podcast. Today, we have active Los Angeles City Fire Captain Stacy Gerlich with us. Good morning, Stacy. How are you? Good morning, David. I'm very good. Thank you. I'm really thankful that you can be here. You have the ability to share with our listeners some very important things about not only what happened in your memories back then, but some of the things that have happened since, and of course, the importance of a community being prepared, not only in advance, but to be able to respond afterwards. Uh, 20 years ago, on January 17th, 1994, where were you working? What was your assignment? What was your rank? Well, at that time, I was uh, the rank of a firefighter lead paramedic, and I was assigned to the disaster preparedness section uh, and part of the Community Emergency Response Training Unit, or better known as CERT. Uh, And my capacity during that time was a CERT instructor, so I was tasked with uh, providing the curriculum that uh, later became a national curriculum, and um, it was designed to train community people how to be uh, more informed and prepared to handle disasters, uh, not just earthquake, but um, you know anything from wildfire to tornado, hurricane, and floods, and the things that uh, we know that Mother Nature can deliver us. Right, absolutely. So you were probably at home asleep when the earthquake occurred. Is that right? I was. I was uh, vividly uh, funny, you should say, that I I do remember, uh, I think it was about 4.31 in the the morning, and I was thrown from my bed and uh, quite abruptly and and had to quickly figure out, you know, what was going on and and sounded like a freight train. Uh, You know, I do remember that, even though it was 20 years ago. It's funny how we restore some of these uh, memories in our mind. But but at the time, what was so uh, difficult for me, if you will, was uh, I was living out in the Santa Clarita Valley, and I had uh, two dogs. I had a Dalmatian and a Labrador, and my Dalmatian had given birth to nine puppies two weeks before the earthquake. Oh. So as as the maternal instincts kicked in, uh, I, I remember... Um, you know, thinking, oh, my God, you know, the the puppies, you know. So I somehow got down the hallway and went into a bedroom where they were in a whelping box, and I transferred them to the whelping box into a portable kennel. And I must have counted three to four times thinking, you know, I, I don't know if I have them all, and, and certainly working off the memory, I, I just remember I was just so out of sorts. So... Once uh, they were all accounted for and in the box, I, uh, the bigger dogs had slept outside in a kennel, and I went out and made sure that everything was okay, and then went into my firefighting mode of, you know, checking the house and doing the lap around, as we say, and and uh, making sure that I didn't see anything that was just so, you know, obvious that I needed to handle it right away, no fire or anything of that matter. And um, I did shut off the water, and, you know, I I shut the gas off only because I was smelling gas, and later I uh, discovered that it wasn't 
coming from my house or my neighbor, but there was a large gas line that had broken, um, and I was downwind of it. You know, all of these things, they happen so quickly, and we all react differently, as we know. Um, however, uh, that being said, I, at that point, thought to myself, well, okay, I'm an L.A. City firefighter, and I took the oath, and now I need to go to work. So they all went, all the dogs went outside into the kennel, talked to the neighbors, and said, hey, you know, keep an eye on them. I'm not sure when I'll be back, but just know they're out there. That was that, and in my car I went after, of course, you know, getting dressed and ready, and I drove down uh, San Fernando Road because I, at the time, was living where the 5 and the 14 uh, kind of uh, cross, and so that was not going to be a route that I could take. Now, I knew that because I did have the radio on and I was listening to, you know, the reports and trying to gather as much as I could, given that you know, my mind was really just boggled. And um, I got to the uh, underpass. There was a CHP officer and asked for my ID. And you know what? I showed, I rolled down the window, showed it to him, identified myself. And he says, okay, the bridge is still swaying. So when you're ready, just punch it. You should be fine. I looked at this guy and I thought, are you nuts? I'm not prepared to do that right now. So, you know, kind of my risk management thing, I'm thinking, there's no way. I turned the car around, went back home, did another lap around the house, trying to kind of get my thoughts together, checked on the dogs, back in the car, headed back to where I came from. I put my ID against the window this time, didn't even roll it down, and I waited for the nod from the CHP officer and just drove forward. And once I arrived at uh, Fire Station 88, I reported in to, the, to my supervisor and then began coordinating the day's plans. You know, the department kicks into the earthquake mode and there's a lot of a lot of other procedures that take place. But for me personally, it was, um, you know, going out with a couple of the instructors and, and trying to drive around and take pictures so that we could use that for uh, training purposes. And then also, um, you know, just being there in our uniform and, and helping if we ran across people that uh, needed and or looked like they needed some assistance. Well, so, so, I mean, you know, for, for our listeners, <clears throat> For our listeners, one thing we want to probably make clear is that your assignment at the time didn't have you either on a rescue ambulance or on a fire engine. So you kind of, in your training capacity, didn't have to respond to respond to emergencies, so you had the, the the ability to go to your location. Fire Station 88 is in the San Fernando Valley, pretty close to where Reseda and Northridge are. Um, I think one of the interesting things about the Northridge earthquake is that, as we discovered afterwards, the, the epicenter was actually in Reseda, not in Northridge, but because of the fatality count and some of the major structural collapses, Northridge kind of stuck. Um, and and in your role, um, you had the ability to freelance a little bit in terms of how you would spend your time and what you would do. And as you drove around the city uh, with your camera and your uh, the other members, what 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 did you see? What what stru- what reminds you today of of the from an imagery point of view? You know, um, of course, 
uh, like everybody has seen and 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 uh, over and over again, where up at Rinaldi and and Balboa, where the gas line broke and the water main broke, and there was uh, you know a pretty good wall of fire and there was quite a bit of water. You know that sticks out a lot. And the other things that stick out were you know driving in neighborhoods, but more so on the busier streets like Devonshire and and uh, Reseda Boulevard. Of course, we really tried to stay away from because that's as you were pointing out, that's where the Northridge Meadows apartment was located. And um, But you know what? It was watching the community people and some of them being or appearing to be pretty controlled and then others just, uh, you know, the hands to the face and the the looks and the, and the wide eyes of, oh, my God, and, you know, clearly um, people not being prepared and, and people storming supermarkets and trying to gather food and water. You know, I mean, these are the things that, uh, you know, really stick out. And, of course, we're, in retrospect, good teaching points, you know, and good things that we could that we could bring into the future classes and the training to really talk about. Tell us briefly about what CERT is about, particularly as it relates to the concept that in the event of a major earthquake, um, first responders are likely to not be available to anyone except those in the most dire circumstances. Uh, I can, I know, for example, uh, that the USGS said that um, if the San Andreas were to rip, uh, we're talking about 1,200 or more fires in just a few moments. Uh, And if uh, a quake goes through Hollywood, uh, 11,000 people dead or injured, and uh, some fear on behalf of Caltech and the USGS that the entire Hollywood community, including the Hollywood Hills and stuff, would burn to the ground. Um, and and in, the, in that context, the community needs to be ready to take care of itself, and that's really uh, what CERT is about, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, um, you know, let me just back up a second, because in, in the capacity uh for the fire department and, and myself as a firefighter, a first responder, you know, we we collectively are all responsible, you know, for our own safety and well-being and that of our family. And and that being said, you know, as a first responder, you know, that's what our job is: is we're providing fire and life safety to the citizens. Now, with that in mind, you know, we're humans as well, so it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we prepared ourselves and our family because at the very beginning if I haven't done that if I haven't done my due diligence to prepare the family and have all the things that that I need you know in terms of food and water for sustainability and you know the, the the message has always been 72 hours but quite frankly we should be thinking two weeks in terms of our supplies you know, three days is nothing. And we first responders, we have to prioritize and we have to consider the time of day, the day of the week, in terms of um, where we potentially will find, uh, the, you know, the largest loss of life or the potential for, for the large loss of life. And that's how we kind of, you know, run our operation. So when I say the time of day and the day of the week, you know, 4.30 in the morning, there are no schools in session. But hospitals and, and um, you know, 
assisted living and those types of things, that's going to be a concentration point for us. Now, you know, that just gives you an example of all the things that we have to think about as well. But where CERT really comes in and where the value is is that the training is something that gives individuals and the citizenry the information that they need to start getting themselves more prepared if they are at the point of they taking of they're taking the training, then they're gonna always pick up something, they're gonna learn a little bit more. They can be more prepared. But really this is the deal. We need trained citizens. We need people who can assist us, who can minimize what we need to do to go out there. We're not going door to door. And with that being said, we count on our citizens to help us. We count on them to be able to maybe flag down that fire engine that, that's coming down the street and says, hey, you know what, I'm cert trained. This is what we got. It's all under control. I mean, that's a little bit more fast forward, but truly that's where that benefit comes from, and we're all in this together. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, Craig Fugate from FEMA, the administrator, says it best with his whole community concept idea, and that is that public-private partnerships, all of us play an important role here. We, if you live in the Hollywood Hills, and you stated that fact from the USGS, you know, I think that the uh, the model earthquake that they that they put out there, the eight point on the San Andreas, and, you know, four-minute shake time and $150 billion in damage, 1,800 lives lost, the 11th, you know, the fires that you speak of. I mean, these are the things that we need to be taking seriously. And if you live in the Hollywood Hills or you live in an area that is uh, inundated with brush or you have very limited access and egress, you need to have plans. You need to have these things prepared ahead of time, not the day of. And and that's where CERT really, really brings the value to the citizens. It's something that, you know, fortunate for the citizens of Los Angeles. It's free. And, you know, where do you go and get this kind of information and instruction and professional instruction and real-life experience from the people, the firefighters that are delivering it? I mean, it it's really a no-brainer to me. I have so much passion for this program, which is why I have been involved, you know, and why I I ran it for so long and, and loved it and still love it. And, and I always say to people that regardless of where I'm assigned, um, CERT is in every fiber of my being. And, and maybe that's just the preparedness piece or the altruistic part of how I really think and feel about the citizens and what they bring to us as the first responders. Well, you know, I think an important outcome from this is that for many years and in many communities, CERT kind of represents an opportunity for people who want to be involved with their community, people who are kind of driven, you know, their makeup may be that they're helpers or that they are uh, givers and they want to, they want to give back to their community or be involved but frankly, in a complex environment like Los Angeles, um, where there are so many risks uh, from natural disaster, it kind of should go beyond that, shouldn't it? It should be there's a responsibility to make sure that within each community 
that there's a number of people who have gone through the CERT training simply with the same level of responsibility that you would have for Neighborhood Watch or for anything else that is community-driven where it seems to me that a neighborhood should absolutely without question make sure that they have CERT members uh, within the ranks of their neighbors. And uh, today as we look forward, we've been very you know, fortunate that we have not had a major earthquake in the last 20 years. But I think if you ask anyone, and I'm going to ask you right now, Cap, uh, Los Angeles is not prepared for the next major earthquake, are we? No, we're not. And, you know, you brought up a really good point. And, you know, I I actually uh, wrote a paper about this, uh, a white paper, if you will. But here's the thing. Since 1987, we have trained approximately 60,000 people in the citizen of Los Angeles, okay? And given the population that we have of 4 million, that's nothing. What, what my vision, my vision, to back up what you just said, is that we have at least 10% of the population, 400,000 people trained. And yes, we need certain people in every neighborhood. And the way to do that, maybe for us, is to break the city up as it already is by council districts and the the fire station, the battalion, and somehow marry those up and look at our council and, and take our public safety people and potentially, you know, not potentially, make sure everybody's trained and then start looking at how to coordinate it and organize it better. But absolutely we need every neighborhood, every community with, a certain percentage of that population trained in CERT. That's what's going to make the difference. Well, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate you spending time with us today. And uh, we obviously don't look forward to the next earthquake, but it's coming. And we all, of course, need to be ready. And in your role uh, as a captain with the Los Angeles City Fire Department, we greatly appreciate your service. And I hope that you have a continuing safe and prosperous career and your daily commitment to the community emergency response teams is is really greatly appreciated. And for all of our listeners, we will be interviewing a variety of firefighters, both active and retired. And you'll be able to find all of these podcasts on our website at mysafela.org slash podcasts. And we're excited about our next series of interviews, and I hope that uh, all of our listeners are as well. This is David Barrett from My Safe LA, and thank you very much for listening. This is a My Safe LA Fire and Life Safety Podcast. Make sure to visit us at MySafeLA.org.